This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, it's that time again for the Rangers Review podcast and this month's podcast is unfortunately for some my turn to host. However, don't panic, it's not just me, I'll be joined with joined, sorry, with what can only be described as the posh and becks of the Rangers world. That's right people, I don't know which one's which and so maybe they'll tell us in a minute, but start off with the first one, I'll, I'll pass it over to Stevie before lads had a dream. How's it going Stevie? I'm good mate, how are you? I'm doing fantastically well mate, what a weekend it's been. Uh, it's been a joyful weekend. Um, uh-huh. Just when you thought that, um, you know, we were maybe going through a bump in the road and the team have responded magnificently and um, every one of us should be in fine fail. Oh, absolutely, mate, absolutely. And as always, the overlord himself. How's it going, David, from Hart and Han? Uh, it's going rather magnificently, to be, to be <laughs> totally honest with you. Uh, it couldn't really be a hell of a lot better way to start. 2021. Um, I, I'm laughing at Posh and Becks because under any circumstances, the chap cut the first person you go to goes one, definitely the Becks. But it's Stevie sitting going, eh, I don't know. I'll make this up. <laughs> <laughs> he's not sure which one he would rather be. Yeah, uh, he's, I'll need a wee think about this. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just like every other Rangers fan at the moment, uh, wondering about laughing at things, you know, remembering happy memories and stuff. And uh, I think that, you know, we'll get into the game, we'll get into the month, but I, I, oh God, we couldn't, we couldn't have, when we kicked this show off, when we kicked this season off, there's none of us could have been sitting thinking, right, you know, January the 2nd, this is where I want us to be. This is where I want our rivals to be. And yet this is where we are. 
No, I, I genuinely couldn't have went any better when we started this podcast. Like, everything no. has just been, like, nailed completely out of the park. And that's where we're going to start off, because I don't think it would be fair to any of us and anyone listening that we wouldn't start with that old firm victory. Now, I know we've all kind of had our say, obviously Stevie's had his blog, and we've both had our videos, David, but now that the, the dust is quote-unquote settled, are you still smiling for eight year, David? Because um, I've genuinely yeah, um... sat down. Uh, the, there's that brilliant, uh, the, the the brilliant meme that's kicked about, and it's like a relay race, uh, and you just see the hands, and it, on the baton it says banter years, and it's Rangers handing them off to Celtic, because maybe it is just something that's written in the stars that when a, you know one half of the old firm implodes, that they do it spectacularly, yeah, and that's that's what we've seen. The, the the first thing is from a Rangers point of view, we've made them do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there was there were underlying problems, that, but we knew that we we saw that for ages. Mm-hmm. The problem was we couldn't, you know, put the foot in the throat enough to make them start gasping for air, and we've done that. Uh, our consistency this season, our results, our performances have put them in the position where all the things they've been able to take for granted in the past, which is, ah, well, we know they'll mess it up, or ah, they're going to drop points, or they're bottlers, or we'll beat them when we play them. That's all gone, and they've been left really to look at their own rotten structure, and this is, it happened to us during 10 in a row, our go at it, that you're too long on top, you get complacent, hubris kicks in, and that's what's happened to them. Um, But I think the most important thing for me is it's about what we've done all of these things have been there at Celtic for a long time. Really, you know, Rogers left for a reason, you know? Absolutely. And all of these issues have been there bubbling under the surface. But we've never ever, if you like, kind of said, right, okay, let's let's see what happens when you guys get put really severely under pressure. And we all wondered, I mean, I, I remember having these conversations with, with Stevie a, a long time ago, and I'm like, I, I would just like to see what happens when Rangers are, are putting them under pressure. But they're into that cycle that you can get into where you can't do right for doing wrong. And you see it with, you know, who sanctioned a trip to Dubai, who then said, tell all the players to tell the press it's not a holiday and then get caught <laughs> looking suspiciously like, yeah, I don't know about you, but when I go on a holiday, that's kind of the first thing I do is head to the pool. Um, so it's... You get into these circumstances at, at the old firm, and ours has lasted for years, unfortunately. But it's it's finished now. Rangers, this wouldn't have happened to Rangers. This this current, you know, incantation of Rangers, uh, uh, incarnation of Rangers, this would not have happened. We would not have found ourselves in that PR on goal had we lost that match at the weekend because there's a kind of youth and a hunger and a vitality, not just to the team, and not just I think to to the way that the club's going, but even in the support, in football you get on a crest of a wave, and we're on it now. We're on the upswing of that, and there will come a point when we plateau, and then it's you know how do you you relaunch it? But right now we're the team that's going up. They're the team that's coming down, and they're not able to find any grips to stop themselves falling. Uh, it's absolutely spot on. It's only said alone. It was obviously the banter years handing over to them, but it's almost like the banter years to the beach towel years, given <laughs> what's happening right now and the way that they're absolutely melting down on social media. But Stevie, how have you found this time? Obviously, because 
let's let's you, you're maybe the the one that tries to always keep us grounded. I think that is yourself. Yeah, you always, whenever whenever there's something we me and David's absolutely buzzing about, you'll just come in and just slap <laughs> us right back to and say, right boys, stop having fun. Okay, stop it. Like, all right, sorry, Stevie. So how are you feeling? Have you allowed yourself to enjoy that victory? Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, hold on, sorry about that. Um, no, um, I've been absolutely delighted um, since Saturday. I think uh, the team deserve every credit. I mean, we'll go on to kind of discuss things a bit more in depth about performance and things like that. But um, it is truly a sign of, of things changing, like David says, when we cannot um, perform our best but still come through. And, I mean, it's just been delightful. Um, you know, I don't remember too many old firms where we won, where somebody doesn't get the blame. Um, but the, the wee meltdown since Saturday's been delightful. Some of the social media stuff's been delightful. And, yeah, I mean, I think there's legitimate hope now that um, this is our time. Um, I think we all know and we're all guarded and grounded in terms of, um, you know, don't get too carried away. And... Um, I think that's where we all are, but there's there's definite signs now. I know that was one of the things David said to me on Saturday. Um, you know, I think we can all see, you know, the the mountaintop. We can all see the horizon now, and it's just a matter of of, of kicking on. But in terms of how I'm feeling from Saturday, it's a weird one because um, during the game, it, it takes so much out of you. Yep. I don't know how others feel about this, but um, you know, I, I didn't. I, I said to David, I didn't eat on Saturday. Um, you know, it suddenly got to seven, eight o'clock, and I'm like, you know, your your mind starts to say, you know, hey, you know, fatty, it's 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 time to recharge a wee bit. So you've not had any eat today and, and stuff like that, and you're just so mentally broken and exhausted by it all. It's it's one of those kind of roller coasters. But um, Saturday was really good. Um, I've watched the goal, you know, a hundred times, and that's just in the last day, uh, in the last hour or so. so. <laughs> It's it's brilliant, you know, to have that upper hand on them and and to enjoy these moments is is grand. And I think we all just want to to really kick on now. Um, and it's just you know, I watched your social media stuff, both of you, on on Saturday, and you just want wee moments like this. We've deserved it. It's been so long since we can you know pick off these calendar kind of moments and and defining moments in the last 10 years there's been little ones throughout the year but I just feel that Saturday was huge yeah. in terms of really, really marking our territory and, and just really putting down notice that um, we are the team in Glasgow, we were always the team in Glasgow but it's just starting to shine blue once again Absolutely and I think we, we're all um, entitled to have fun and enjoy ourselves. But something I noticed even for the game, even at the full-time whistle, Gerard, from a year on, he was so calm and so relaxed because I truly believe that it isn't just something that he's saying. It is a genuinely one-game-at-a-time mentality for that team now. And I think that all bleeds for the manager. You saw him, and even at his post-match, he's not talking about tiles, he's not talking about that. All he's talking about is now... They're going to give him a couple of days off and then it's Aberdeen. And I absolutely love that. And I think that is going to major way in why we are looking so consistent this season. But diving into sort of the performance in that as well, because we've kind of benefited over the last couple of old firms, just absolutely battering them away at the park, sorry, and dominating them. But this time, the game started off a wee bit different. And I think every one of us 
was expecting. But thankfully, we have by far the best goalkeeper in Scotland by the name of Alan McGregor, who made three vital saves earlier on in the game and didn't really have anything else to do for the rest of it. But what was your opinion on the way the game was actually going, David? Because I know, um, I can obviously watch your social media and that stuff. I know you were a bit like a zoo there, but can you put any words what, what you saw from this Rangers team in the first, maybe in first 45 minutes? Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that, that I was there, right? Yeah. So I, I was sitting in the main stand watching it. And it's a bizarre experience, first of all, because the, there's, it's such a huge game. You're on edge. The staff at Ibrox are on edge. As I was walking up to the, the ground, there were people, not thousands, thankfully, you know, in, in terms of any breaches or anything like that. Yeah, but there were, more, there were more people in and around the stadium than normal um, for, for these behind-closed-door games. And, uh, you know, you're aware of the importance, but then Celtic run out to warm up. Silence. Not what they would usually get. You know, Rangers <laughs> run out to warm up. Silence. And yeah. then the game kicks off, silence. And, and, and it is bizarre. And the fact that you're so on edge because it's an old firm game and the fact that you know that they all are um, and it plays in this surreal, surreal environment. Um, and I think we all expected that Celtic were going to, you know, just come out and go for it. Fire uh, uh, And they did. And you're right, looking back now where we can, you know, without the tension, knowing what happened, we can see that they emptied themselves in the first half. Mm-hmm. And pretty much in the first half hour of that first half. And then they didn't have an awful lot left uh, in the second half. And I've said before, I maintain this, I think the Rangers are the fittest team in Scotland. Um, and I think that that was showing up again uh, at the weekend. But during that first half, you don't know that. You just see what's unfolding. And what was unfolding is, to be brutally honest, Rangers were getting played off the park for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, as you say, it calms down after that. And this this idea that it was somehow... Um, you know, basically non-stop one-way traffic that whole first half isn't true mm-hmm. um, but in that opening 20 minutes I think that Rangers were a bit spooked by something that we haven't seen from this Celtic team in a few for matches now because remember, yeah we won the last two but the one before that we dominated yeah. in a way, and I've seen comparisons between the League Cup final and this game it, no, Rangers dominated that I for 90 game. minutes and just c- couldn't score um, that wasn't the case, but it had been a while since this Rangers team had come up against a Celtic team that were on the front foot and were so aggressive. And, and you know, fair play, we, we need to be honest here. Rangers couldn't get out. Um, Celtic hunger in trying to, you know, the press was, was terrific for, for the opening half hour, certainly. And Rangers couldn't get out. And, you know, when we had possession, they were on us all the time. They were winning second ball. Rangers couldn't string two or three passes together. And, and they looked a bit spooked, uh, to be totally honest. And I think then they were aware that this was going on. And this is when you need your big players to step up. And I think the ones who would, you know, the, the back four, I thought defensively were tremendous um, at keeping them out. Stephen Davis gradually, using his experience, he just calmed it down and helped Rangers, along with Glenn Kamara, who I thought was probably in the first half, the best of the non-defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they gradually asserted themselves and got a grip into the game and got us more into it. But you're right, big big quality moments um, from players, uh, we often think about as being, and we'll talk about it in the second half, a pass, yeah. uh, a turn, uh, a delivery, all those kind of things. But but quality comes as well defensively. And the one from from Griffiths was obviously the key one because it was one of those moments where 
for me that was Werder Bremen again. That was did he mm. actually do that? Did yeah. did he get that? And um I love, you know, the Alan McGregor school of shite hawkery, which is no, I never touched it. No, it's um, post. It hit the post, wasn't it? Wasn't me? And he, he was—he wasn't lying. It did hit the post. Uh. He was lying because he said I didn't touch it. And he quite clearly did. But um, yeah, in that opening half hour, like every other Rangers fan, I was just thinking, "Have we frozen here? Have we shat the bed?" Right. I mean, that's what I was thinking. You know, have they bottled it? All those things that that come out. And I think it was just—you've got a team of at Celtic who, much as we've been enjoying them, they have good players. Okay, yeah. right. Whether whether or not we want to agree with a kind of fellatio that is issued every time a Celtic player completes three passes in the Scottish media. It, they do, you know, Christie can play. Turnbull's a decent player. Um, Griffiths is dangerous, you know. Uh, Edward, when he can be arsed, which was for about 35 minutes on Saturday, Aye. is a terrific player. But uh, they, they just, they, they went at it full, t- you know, 100%. They had absolutely everything invested in it. And when they didn't score... I did think, and, and I'm not just saying this is kind of post-events, I've looked at my notes for the game, and after 50 minutes I've written, they've tired. Yeah. Um, because I thought you could see that, then I thought, okay, it's, it's up to whether we can improve in our quality and whatnot. But there's no doubt that for, you know, 30 minutes they were hungry. But they had more to lose. I, I, that's something that you didn't, you know, they had they played with that desperation. They had to win, yeah. The first minute um, of the match, there was a, a, a a foul or a throw in, I think it was. And Lennon, who was like prowling already, one minute in the edge of his, his kind of technical area, went mental. And I looked at him and, and, and I spoke to the, the, the guy next to me or behind me and I said, he is wired to the moon today. And you could see, and I thought, that's okay. You know, it, it, there's focus and then there's, you know, that way where you're just right on the edge. And yeah. I thought, well, one minute in, he looks like that. And I think these players were like that, and it was fine while they were channeling it positively. But then as they began to run out of steam a wee bit and they began to think, oh, right, we're not ahead yet. Okay, this, you know, and, and this has been our best shot. And I think that in the second half, you, you saw that. And then by the end, they were reduced to, you know, a lot of kind of running about, a lot of kind of arms and legs and efforts, but there was yep. no real quality there from them. Um, and in the end, I think that, that Rangers knew. And I think the other thing about it is, I did this, I know that Stevie did this, and I strongly suspect that you did this, that when we were analysing and looking at the game and talking about it with our mates on the Friday night, we all sort of said to each other, look, see 11 v 11, you know, I'm confident we'll win. We're at home, yeah. we're a better side today, etc, etc. But just in this kind of abstract things that come into your consideration, we were going, we don't make it easy. It wouldn't be like Rangers to go and win this game and no. really put, you know, and, and sort of end a lot of the talk about it and put them in. It would be very much us to, you know, op- leave the door a wee bit ajar. In that first half hour, I think we were all thinking, oh man, I knew this was going to happen, the bar. Yep. So Alan McGregor's save is pivotal. Because if they score at that point, it's a mountain. Because, yeah, as I say, they had emptied themselves, but a goal would have recharged their batteries a wee bit. I think even the mentality side of thing at halftime as well was massive because they, like you said, they threw everything. They played the best that they've played this season. If you look at it, what they were able to do, how they were able to play, the press, everything they'd done, that was their best 40 minutes, maybe 35 minutes that they've played all season. But they went in at halftime, nobody able to beat us. Mm. And I do think that genuinely played a massive part in the game because 
that hasn't been the case for many, many years now. And I said that in my preview video before the game. I was like, this is the first time these Celtic players, a lot of these Celtic players, are coming into a game versus Rangers where they are desperate to win and they've got something to prove and they genuinely couldn't do it in the first 45 minutes. And then we start the second half and I thought we substitution... I'm sorry, on you go, mate, sorry. Yeah, and I think that it's a new experience for a few that they haven't been... And, you know, the ones that have been there for a while. And, and let's face it, those are the guys he's been turning to. It's been, yep, yep. And he did in the second half, bizarrely, where mm-hmm. he started bringing on, you know, these guys that are, you know, Brown is, he's, a, he's, not, he's nothing. I mean, he's an empty shot. He, 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 Say it, David. Say it. These guys that are shite. Because that's they, what they no, are. The, these the substitutions guys are, were really poor. The substitutions were a troll. I mean, bringing on Brown. And look, we don't like Brown, OK? So I'm not yeah. neutral. But uh, in the past, I would grudgingly have been able to say, well, he can do this and he can do that. Yeah. Um, now Can't. he's just, he's a, he's a Wayne that is desperate for attention at a grown-up's party. So he runs about knocking things over and the <laughs> adults just keep ignoring him. And that's what he was like. You know, he just runs about going, wow, 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 pay attention to me. And you're like, oh, shut up, you know, irritating like a child slap. And um, yeah. I, I couldn't understand that, but... I then kind of thought, watching it back this morning, I'm like, they don't know how to handle this because this is a team that grew up, if you like, together when they were putting five and six by Mark Warburton and Graham Murray. Yeah. And that they have been told by the media how great and by are. their own fans that, yeah, that's you. And Rangers, that's Rangers, by the way. Don't be fooled by the fact that they've been picking up results, you know, and are much better and are winning groups in Europe now. That's all nonsense. That's all just, you know, them making up lies, you're still amazing and they're all still shit. And then when they're actually faced with reality, I thought Saturday was, uh, you could see them, uh, I mentioned this on my Twitter feed, Celtic are the most uh, uh, verbal, given at verbals team that I've seen Rangers play behind closed doors um, mm. because you, you hear a wee bit more of it. And yeah. I um I used the term sledging, which I thought was better known than it is. Um, I see, yeah, uh, you I was, got sledged. After I, got, that, I, I, I got, yeah, and, and, and somebody said, why not just say slagging? Because it's not the word, right? It's yeah. not just slagging. They're not going up and going, I hear your mother's are. You know, it's it's in a football sense. But, but Celtic, they talk a lot about the opposition in a way that other teams, and I don't mean that, they just go over and, and kind of like get in your face and say, you know, that was a foul or whatever. They, they When they're talking to each other, they talk a lot about the opposition. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kind of, ah, he's garbage, him. Watch for him coming down the left. But you know what he's like. He, you know, it's all right. about trying to get in people's heads. And Rangers pointedly ignored that. Rangers very much, it was noticeable Sorry, that Rangers right. didn't react, spoke to each other, laughed whenever the Celtic players tried to intimidate them. And I just thought, they don't know how to handle this because they haven't come up against Rangers teams that did that. If they had done that, let's face it, they did do that when we were when they were playing, you know, Marty's Rangers. And they broke us and it could have been eight or nine. That that that's history. That that ain't the case these days. Yeah, they couldn't beat us on on natural part with their football, and they couldn't beat us mentally as well. And I thought they, they combined perfectly, and it showed the longer the game went on. But going into the second half, we started to see a change, and this was before the red card. No matter what any like the crazy people and all are trying to say in that, but the sub that I thought that actually changed the game was bringing on a boy that we spoke about in the very first month podcast as someone that was very underappreciated, and that was 
Urman Hadji, who's been, let's be honest, he's been absolutely sensational over the last couple of weeks. He's been a bright spot. Yes, he's not at the game, like involved in everything in the full time, but he can give you those moments. Just like Alan McGregor gives you that one save a game that keeps you in it or wins a game. Hadji's been doing that lately. And I thought just his energy and his work rate and his willingness to shoot actually added a wee bit of spark and it started to get us in the life, Stevie. And what did you see? Did Do you think that the, the change was the right idea to bring Hadji in the game? Do you think taking Roof off? I think it was maybe an, a slight wee knock or something like that to Kamal Roof, Gerard said, after the game. But do you think the game changed before the red card? Yeah, I mean, it certainly did. But, you know, I, I think it would be really remiss of me not to allow David to discuss Yanis Hadji because there's a lot of man love there. So Is before we, we pass it to, back to Davey to d- discuss Yanis, I want to go back to the first half a wee bit, CJ, because, yeah, you know, we, we've obviously discussed and how we've been feeling in that, but I've got a lot of trust in this team. Yeah. So while you're watching that first 20, 25 minutes, you're certainly not enjoying it. You're certainly thinking, you know, we've got to get tighter, we've got to be closer, we're, we're riding our luck a wee bit. But defensively, We've had moments like this in, in several games when you look back on it. Yeah. Um, you know, even the likes of Standard Liège at home when we went, you know, one 0 and then two one down quite quickly. There was there was periods in that game where we were out of it. There was periods in both Benfica games when we were out of it. There was periods in Hibs, you know, at home just, you know, last week when um there was points in it where we were heavily under pressure. So I can trust this team. Um, to to ride these sort of moments and come through it. And I also, you know, things like Motherwell at home where, you know, you're 70 minutes and you're, you're, you're all of the ball and you're not doing anything, that gives me belief in this team that um, we maybe haven't legitimately been able to see before that we can trust what they're doing and, and we know what we're going to get moments in the game. So even with, you know, the first 25, 30 minutes, which were, you know, you'd be lying if you, you weren't saying that your arse was making buttons. But mm-hmm. um, I'm at the point where I'm thinking, well, if you can get through this stage, then we're going to start to impose ourselves and start to shine. Because as you boys have said, and it is true, Celtic, this, this was not a last roll of the dice, but it's very much close to it in terms of, um, they know that they cannot afford to lose and, and, and that's how they would have went into that game, maybe even thinking that a draw wasn't enough psychologically yeah. and things. So I knew that they would come at us um, hell for leather. I think, in fact, that, that Mark mentioned it in, in David's heart and hand pre-match that he expected it to be like that and that's exactly how it turned out. But I was never overly concerned that we were going to be steamrollered. My, my concern was that, um, was coming out of it in terms of once we get by this, we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. So uh, I think we, I think the team need credit for that because the way we've defended overall in, in some stages of games has been unreal. Um, and it's almost like we play the game with a man down. It reminds me at times the way we defend of, of, of where we were, uh, like away to Ufa with, with nine men and stuff like that. Yeah. You can see how well organised they are and see how compact and they just defend that area. And if you look at, you know, I know that Adam um, will go on about this from heart and hand and things like that. If you go look at the XG and, and the actual chances that Celtic created, the only chance they created in the box was in the very first minute when Edward shot and McGregor saved. The other two efforts they had were both from outside of the box, which, um, you know, they created through kind of slack moments from ourselves rather than them slicing us apart. The, the chances that they got or the positions that they got 
we were happy to allow them to have. We weren't pressing out wide the, the way that, you know, perhaps we should have and maybe we corrected that and things when Hadji come on. But my point that I'm trying to get at is that, you know, although it might not have been comfortable for us <clears throat> at the time and comfortable watching, I'm comfortable that this team are comfortable in themselves, in a squad, in the team and in knowing what they, they do. Do you know what I mean, David? Like in terms of watching them, you you feel that Definitely. you know that they're okay and 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 they're you know they they know what they're doing. They they're organised. Yeah. They're assured. And yeah. you know when that happens and when you come through that spell, I'm then expecting us to impose ourselves. And even during that, and as much as we didn't really play well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know we still had as good an opening in terms of. Aribo's wee sharp ball over to Morelos, which, you know, he takes on the volley. And, and he's kind of unlucky that it's deflected, but he also, it comes at him quite fast that he doesn't get a proper connection on it. But that's as good an opportunity as, as the Edward one in, inside the box. Um, and the other two, you know, being, being long-range shots, we know that Griffiths is, is dangerous at that. Um, but in terms of, you know, in terms of after that, um, you know, in that half, they had a lot of the ball, but had a lot of the ball where we were happy for them to have it and not creating from it. So um, if you watch it back, which you know, David obviously has, and I, I, I don't think that, I think that there's been obviously an overreaction narrative the same way as Hibs was, that they dominated us and they did this and did that. I just think that we're very comfortable in allowing them to do what we want them to do. Um, and yeah, then, There's, there's know, a couple of points in, that... There's a couple of points there that I want to back up that Stevie's made. Um, the first is that I think that because of you know circumstances, we've talked about this in the previous shows, we'll talk about it in future ones, let's be honest, but because of the scarring that our fans, any sort of drop in standard, they panic and they see as a sign, certain of our fans, um, you know, the, 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 the I am jolly. Uh, style one. I don't, I, don't, I don't blame them because you know after what the last ten years have been like, it's done it all to us. But any sort of drop in performance, they look and say, "Oh, you know, bigger That's issues." Ah. Aye, that, that, here we go. And it and it isn't that, as you mentioned, a great point there about Hibs, and that you are not going to play eight 0 versus Hamilton standard the whole season. Yeah. It was remarkable that we did for as long, and. I know it's been a while since we've won a title, but go back and look at those three titles we under, won under Walter. There were weeks that we were bloody horrendous, yep. but he oh, was the master of getting it. <laughs> one nothing, getting it. Celtic in their, their run, right? With maybe the exception of the first year under Rodgers when they didn't have anybody to play, in all honesty. Um, they, were, they, they get by. You know, how often have we said, ah, they'll get one late, and they do, and they've been rank rotten. Teams... You cannot play at your top level week in, week out. It simply can't happen. So then it's, it's about how's your B game? Can you win on your B game? And Rangers under Gerrard, the first season, uh, couldn't. That, that Well, the first two, really. We had to play well to win. And yeah. if we played well, we were going to win. But if we dropped, our B game wasn't always good enough to get us through. This year, built on the defence, which is still remarkable by I mean five goals in twenty two games. That's that's, that's just a joke, that's, that's just silly. You know, I mean that's you know that, that if that happened in football manager, you'd be that's unrealistic, you know, and what's wrong with the engine of this game? Five and twenty two is, is just simply superb. And because of that, it's it's enabled us to have periods and matches, i.e. like Hibs. And by the way, we're talking about teams emptying themselves. I think Hibs have lost twice at home since two 0 and three 0 to Ross County and Livingston. Yep. So the- 
Yeah, I think that you know, emptying does go on against us, and teams will play their best games of the season against us. And Rangers have come through those two tests. But the other thing that I saw a fair bit um, was: Have we been found out? Have teams figured us out? Yes. Have you know? Uh, after Benfica, Benfica, for Christ's sake, did Benfica show everybody how to play against us? And it's like, I, I, it kind of winds me up slightly because it's like, right. Nothing in football is new, okay? Very little, very, very little can ever be described as truly innovative. Maybe Pep at Barcelona and then the Bayern Munich evolution after it and maybe Gagin Preston. They're maybe the, the three big things of the last 20 years, okay? Yeah. The way Rangers play isn't a secret, nor is it uncommon. Teams all around Europe play like this. It's one of the most popular formations and styles in the world. It's why right-backs and left-backs are some of the most famous. When I was growing up, you didn't have a bloody clue who the left-back of Bayern Munich was. Now everybody knows it's Alfonso Davis, right? So the way we play isn't a secret. There's no figuring out to go on, right? Teams have been trying to do that to us all season. And what's happened is, is that Tav, who was playing at a level that people from fucking Krypton were saying, my God, that's a bit special, has, uh, he has slowed down a wee bit. He's not playing badly, no one near it, and he has yeah. two vital you know, impressions in the game at the weekend on top of a very solid defensive display. But he was just playing at this remarkable level. But this idea, our ah, teams have figured this out. They haven't figured this out. We weren't a puzzle that needed figuring yeah. out. It was, they knew what to do. It's just that more often than not, they've not been able to do it. And what's happened is certain teams have been able to stop us. St. Mirren in the cup defeat that we'll come to, they did it very, very well. But Rangers were bloody awful that night. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how foolproof your system is. If your players don't execute it to the level that you want them to, teams have got a chance against you. Um, and I think that what has happened is that there is a slight unrealistic expectation born from fear and born from just this desire to get this title that is... Any sort of drop from two, three, four now. We were so fortunate the first, or the basically the first half of the season, because not only were Rangers winning games, but we tended to go two up inside twenty minutes, kill and game, you know, kill the game and, and and relax and be able to play. And now we've had a more, I think, realistic run of matches where you know Motherwell took the lead, and we had to go. That happens in a title-winning season. Hibs played really well against us, you know, so much so that I think them and Celtic are competing for the at least you tried trophy against Rangers <laughs> next week. But this idea of somehow that it, it must be something that we need to change our style because teams have figured this. It's but there was no secret. I mean, you knew, I knew, Stevie knows anyone what the people saying it knew. Oh, yeah. what we like to do is, is we get our fullbacks forward and then we have the two guys to drop off to cover, etc. Et it's not a secret. There's no figuring out to be done. What it is, is teams have played well against us. We've not played as well as we have previously and we've still won. It's not a bad thing. And look, <laughs> between now and the end of the season, we might lose some games. I know it's horrible and it's terrible and it doesn't mean we need to chuck everything out and start again. Right, what we have is good, it works. Some weeks we're not as good as we can be, some weeks we're absolutely irresistible. It's about making sure our base level sticks to a level that other teams can't match. And so far, with the exception of one game, that's been the case. Yeah, and I think the, the whole notion that we aren't playing well and all that as well is very interesting because in December we picked up 18 points of possible 18 points in December. Six games, six wins. And mm. if you actually look at it, since we actually drew with Hibs at Easter Roads, we've picked up 42 points of 42 available. 
So if this Which is, is just, well, probably just wise to point. say at this point as well, mate. Sorry to interrupt you. Since we started this pod, we have won every <coughs> league game. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's our fault and it's down to us, but you know, it's it's down to us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's not it's not for us to say, but if other people want to say it, then you know, certainly wouldn't argue. Not all heroes wear capes, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that, that, that's what... answer your question though on Hadji, David. You know, since we I I took us away in a, in a wild tangent, um, mm-hmm. and I'm desperate oh, to say something else. Right. But let's get back to the the Yanis Yanis Hadji thing. Oh, you, uh, you know my views on him. I love him. He's he's, he's like the son. No, I, 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 he's like the son. I won't pay for. You know, he's he's just. I love him. I think he's brilliant. I think he's got what one. He's got this ability that is just you know it's exceptional. And two, he's got balls. And we've got this thing in Scotland that hard men. Or bravery, rather, is you know, chucking yourself into last ditch tackles and putting your your foot in for high balls and all that. Bravery is getting booted, standing straight back up, saying "Give me the ball again," right. and then the guy comes in and boots you, and you stand up and go "Give me the ball again." And bravery is trying to beat a man and he wins a tackle, and then getting the ball again and trying to beat the man and he wins a tackle, and then doing it again and you win it and you go past him and you create something. And that's why I love Yanis Hadji. It's why I love Ryan Kent, and I know he's not playing at his best just now, absolutely not. But it's that's bravery, that's balls, that's all the things that that we value. Hadji, I think, has been superb in this last wee month or so, and he's got that about him. He doesn't go in the half, and he doesn't. He, feel sorry for himself and he doesn't go, you know, storming after a referee or whatever. He just says, and he keeps saying, his teammates keep giving me the ball. And it's so disheartening for the defenders because they know that they can stop him in a game 18 times out of 19 duels. It's the 19th, though, that'll win the game. And that's the difference. And when you've got a player like him, and he could have been in the huff on Saturday, you know, we've, we've had... You know, star players from abroad, and whether or not we think he's made it at our level yet or not, he has. He's been he's been brought up as a star, really, hasn't he? Since he was a wee boy in in Romania, the guy's like a god over there. Um, and he didn't. He just he was like, no, I understand why I'm not playing today, but I'll get my opportunity. You wait and see. And Stevie's right. He changed the game, and he changed it before the red card. Celtic suddenly had something to worry about. Suddenly, the ball was sticking up the other end. And he tries stuff. It's one thing I really admire about him is that he will try those different things. I, I don't want that coached out of him. Somebody said to me at the weekend, you know, once we get his... Obviously, his decision-making can improve. I don't think there's a player in world football whose decision-making could be slightly better. Messi, you know, that's no. about it. <laughs> well, even Ronaldo should know occasionally to leave a free kick to somebody else. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Given, uh, given his record. But, yeah. but you're right. I mean, it, 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 all footballers make bad decisions. But they do it often enough. And yeah, that could improve. But see this, you know, or sometimes he, he goes for the wild or the spectacular. Aye, and sometimes he manages it. And that's the kind of player we need. Didn't we spend the first two years under Gerard saying the problem Aye. is we're too samey? Yeah. You know, and, and, and Hadji's that wee bit different. And this is also another reason why I'm more confident this year than I was maybe the past couple of seasons. And that what we've had is, you know, we had Tav, who was just in this wild run of form. Um, we had a you know a Kent who was playing really well at the start of the season, whereas in the last few weeks we've seen oh Hadji stepped up, yeah. you know which which we needed. He's came in, he's on. Eaton when he's been called on has Ruth come in, on. and Ruth has had. And suddenly it's no longer a case of saying oh we were flying when when Tav was playing well, but Tav's 
stats have gone back a bit, so now we're slow again. That hasn't been the case, and and that's you know exciting. But no, I totally agree with Stevie, with Stevie and yourself that when he came on, he changed the game. Now, obviously, the elephant. I think that there's this thing we do in sport where we kind of look for, you know, moments because it's it, it fits the narrative easier. It's easier to say ah, it was that, you know, whether it's a game in a season or whatever. Yeah, but generally, what what these things are, these so-called turning points, is they're generally just a nice exclamation point to something that was happening already. And that, I think, was Saturday. Yes, the red card can I help because I think that obviously it affected the way Celtic had to play. And by the way, can I just say, Edward's reaction at being told he had to be the one man up front and, you know, play that kind of chasing and, you know, the type of role you need to do when you're the one yeah. man and you're doing 10 men. And he just... He he well, he did, role. That's yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't bother his arse doing it, which I think was a testament to it. Um, and it, But you could almost see Lenny say, well, can he leave Griffiths on to do it? Can he run about after 60 minutes? So he's, he's going to have to come off regardless. Um, yeah. and, uh, and and Edward just didn't bother. Contrast that, though, with the Rangers players who went, ah, okay then. And all of a sudden, the, the, you know, Rangers were... But the idea that it just was like that moment and it all changed is bollocks. Rangers had, had asserted themselves in from about the from, from right on half time. Absolutely. And See I, you. I, sorry, Steve. Sorry, sorry <coughs> what I was going to say on, on, on Hadji. When, uh, and this ties into something that we've been saying and, and David's point and things like that, is that, you know, teams have been going on about finding Rangers out and, you know, stopping our fullbacks and stuff like that. And in games, they have tried that and they have done that. But what they haven't legislated for is guys like Hadji, um, you know, the former Kent, the movement of Roof, the, the, the kind of goal scoring from other positions because people have just assumed, Doc, you know, people still think and still go on in social media and they still go on in your workplace and everything else that, that Rangers are no use, that Rangers are still the three and four years ago before. And they, they just think, you know, one-dimensional and everything else, but we're very much not that team anymore. And if you look at the last month, you know, Motherwell, Hadji comes on and, and changes the game. St. Johnson away, all three goals that night, none of them came from our fullbacks. They all came from through the middle, different dimension to the game. Um, we're scoring all types of different goals, whether it's Roof tapping them in or he's hitting the front post or, you know, um, he's, he's getting penalty spot finishes or, or he's belting them in from his own half, whatever it is. It's all different. And Yanis Hadji is somebody that, that does that. And we've spent years under under Gerard, right, we've spent the best part of two seasons until he arrived, constantly moaning about somebody, we need something different in this team. We need something that, that somebody that plays in between the lines. We need somebody that's able to cut stuff open. We have that guy there. And we need to just be patient with him in terms of knowing that he's not Brian Loudrup, he's not Neil McCann, he's not Sonny Aluko type that, you know, will drift past people for fun. But he is the type that consumes defences, wins free kicks, produces that momentary pass that's going to split teams, can finish as an all-round threat. And you just need, with a guy like that, you need to manage your expectations in terms of, you know, he's he's not a 90-minute player in that he'll dominate games and everything else. But what he is giving you is so much more. And he, for me... You know, if you, if you were asking me of who's your player of the month since we last podded, it's Yanis Hadji in terms of when other people have dipped, 
slightly, which is expected in a in a season like this, especially in the run of games. And you know, people don't realise how many games we have played in a month of December and things like that, eight or nine, which is you know on average one every three days. There wouldn't be much training time and things like that. It's obvious that that we would slightly dip. He's been the guy. You know, Motherwell he comes on, changes the game. St Johnston he has a great night, um, and then we've got Hibs at home. He scores a winner. Um, St Mirren away, he creates a vital pass for for Roof to open the scoring, and then Celtic he undoubtedly again. Yeah. I'm not saying he directly changed the game, but he directly changed our performance, which is so vital. So Yanis Hadji is flourishing, but people need to just see where he's flourishing and how recognise and enjoy that these guys aren't going to be around forever we've spent so long wanting these guys and now that they're here don't not appreciate what we've got right in front of us Yanis Hadji has has came through when we've needed him and now can can kick on and, and shine the way we can we know he can because even that shot on 50 minutes and I know you, we're going to start to discuss the second half now you know we've been bloody rabbit and on so much we haven't even got there but that shot then is, is vital to everything as well boys because that changes it all of a sudden it's in their head oh you know if that had went in for all our apparent dominance we would have been one down and he then gets it and it gets us up the park and it, and it raises you know our confidence and things like that so it's wee moments and and David you know I'll always kind of go back to what David once said was that Yanis Hadji is a moments player and he certainly is and from that moment in, in the second half, they didn't create anything. You know, even, and, and there was a vital turning point at round about, I think, 55, 56 minutes. Tav went on a run down the right-hand side and he took on three or four players. Um, and and he then started to dominate the game. He then started to do that and it, and it led to having the confidence to, to play that ball down the line, which results in, in, in the big changing um, in moment in the game. So... No, I mean, in terms of Yanis Hadji, I'm I'm getting to where, you know, David was, you know, as soon as, you know, Hadji was linked, you know, that kind of soaking wet. <laughs> thing. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm there now with, with Yanis Hadji, and I think we should all be, you know, there as well. Oh, what a brilliant description. Know, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get a T-shirt. Soaking wet excitement. That's, that's the T-shirt, lads. Just a picture of Hadji bowing at the same time. <laughs> there you are. This is a T-shirt. It's and and you know he's, he's spot on. I mean, I I I've got to agree hundred percent with that. And another thing that needs mentioned, I think, is this this thing that Rangers seem to be the only team in Europe who whose good players aren't allowed to to play well without it seeming to be a conspiracy. Um, but, you, you know, like ah, but, but but you know, ah, if it wasn't for Alan McGregor, we'd have won. Yes, that's why we employ him. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when we kept Tav quiet, you weren't a threat. It was only in the second half. Yes, that's why we employ him. Yeah. It's a wee bit like watching Spurs and then saying, you know, if Harry Kane and, and Youngman Sung weren't they playing and had scored those five goals, that game would have been a lot closer. Yes, it would have. That's I mean, why it, they're there. Yeah. That's why they're there. It's such a stupid thing to say. Um, and, and I think that we need to, you know, just be we do have good players, we've got good players all over the park. Some weeks, no frustrators, you know. It, it, we deserve to be where we are because we've worked hard for it and guys have performed and they've, they've excelled. And, you know, even again, I'm not saying everything was rosy on Saturday. I thought Aribo was, in all honesty, honking. And again, um, I thought looked a wee bit overawed, to be honest, in the first half. And it might be something we need to work on with him about 
how does he thrive in a game with that level of intensity? Because yeah. you know, we've seen him do it in Europe, so he can do it. Um, it's maybe just a mental thing. But he's certainly not the first youngster that's came to Rangers and the old firm game's been bloody hell, what's going on here, you know? So that'll that'll come. But overall, a big guy stepped up, you know, Balogun. My man of the year so far, because I know everybody's you know got their own, but for me, Connor Goldson still. Yeah. Tav would be my player of the year, but my man of the year for Rangers so far. I don't think you Connor need to Goldson. convince me and Stevie that we've been on that bus for a while. <laughs> he's, he's just, I mean, he is, he's just, especially when you watch them against Celtic and they've got their kind of, it's a wee bit like watching somebody trying to eat a steak with a knife and fork and looking around and seeing somebody trying to eat a steak with plastic cutlery. That's when you see the centre backs as a comparative thing, and he's he's just he's he's such a proper big man, <laughs> you know? and he's just next dominant. Day you've got ah, oh, and then next day at the weekend you'd Leon Bargain, who is just class. I mean, yeah. the guy he is he's he's a guy that you know he only eats what French toast, right? That that's how classy he is. Um, he he was just fantastic, and Celtic. McGregor, there McGregor, the, the match winner. Um, he, I actually do rate him, okay? I do. I know, I know it's on staunch and everything, but he is a good player and he has, he's been quietly vital to all their success the last few years. Um, and he was trying to G them up, you know, they'd given him the armband, he was trying to get them going, he was trying to move them on. And Rangers players were about him. Kamara and Davis were just taking him right out of the game. And he to me was a good example of somebody that was, you know, he's 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 one of their more honest players because you know they've got four or five players that don't want to be at Christie, for example. I mean, he might as well have had a t-shirt on saying, "By the way, I'm leaving soon." Um, <laughs> My contract's you know, up Ed, at the end of the season. Uh, I'm off. I, I am <laughs> out of here, Edward. You're desperate to get away. Ayer uh, wants to get away. You can see it in the way that they're, they're performing. Although there are very few things I like in life more than Christoph Ayer's self-celebration of a oh tackle when his team are losing a vital match. Um, it's it's absolutely magnificent. It is the equivalent of being on the Titanic and yeah. saying, well, it's going to end badly, but my God, have you seen my shoes? You know, oh. it's it's just, it's not relevant at that moment. Um, and Rangers don't have that. Rangers have got guys that were... Well, very much committed um, but you're right and we've got to turn it over to him Stevie your boy again two passes changes everything you know in terms of what the, they're looking at what the season's going to be uh, and it was that man again the skipper it's that time of the month everybody where I like to talk about balls specifically the ones that you carry around with you in the little sack that God provided for us. And basically, people don't like them getting too hairy. And as a man of a a certain vintage, I'm not all that keen on my nose and my ears getting hairier. And that is happening a lot these days. Can't grow hair on my head, can grow on my nose and in my ears. Well, mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? Manscaped, of course. Have you got nose hair as well? It's a good thing our partners at Manscaped are here to ensure you're taking care of, uh, care of both your manhood and your nose hairs with our new performance package. Uh, Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Including it in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. 
79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? And the market also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt and body. So it's time to turn that Gooch into Gucci with Manscaped. And for 20% off and free shipping, use the code Manscaped, uh, the code Rangers at Manscaped.com. That's Rangers at Manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com just by using the code Rangers. So let's be honest, next few weeks you're going to be bored. Why not go to Manscaped.com and use the code Rangers? Yeah, I mean, spoke about it on the blog um, yesterday that, um, you know, Tav's mental strength this season to recover from, you know, Hearts and Hamilton and then, you know, lockdown, to recover from that spell where a lot of people were saying that we are mentally damaged, we are not winners, and he's the catalyst because he's been there for everything and we need to get rid of him and everything else. There's been a change to James Tavernier, his whole demeanour and his whole aggression-wise, even, you know, stuffed down to, I go back again to when he arguably made a mistake against Liège and then equalises from the penalty spot. There's no big celebration, there's no big jump, there's nothing, determination. He's a different animal this year. And even when he has dipped um, or he's not having such an influential game on Sunday, because, you know, you could say he's dipped, but still defensively in things, he was very strong and putting in a good shift. Still very vocal. Um, He then raises his his bar. He goes on that run, um, which, you know, picks everybody up. He then produces that pass, which, you know, down the line with bend on it, the weight on that ball was incredible. And not only is the weight in the ball incredible, it's actually directed and bent in so that when Alfredo would have got onto it, and forget all this, Ayer wouldn't have covered it. Ayer might have covered if he was on a moped, but he's not getting anywhere near them at all. He's closer to the Loudon Tavern than he was to Alfredo. It's a perfect pass. He's going in at an angle. He's taking a touch, which, let's face it, it's Alfredo's touch. It probably wouldn't have been the greatest, but he's still shooting. So... You know, and there's no argument goals. there. And that's that's Tav's big moment. And then he goes on the dribble that wins the free kick. That From that free kick, he then wins the, the, the corner. That The delivery's so good. And that's not a fluke. People say, oh, you know, you fluked that goal and everything else. But when your delivery is that good and your movement in the box is that good, that's not a fluke. You earn your own luck by being, you know, Tav's um, cross in to Aribo running across the face of goal at the front post, that's not an accident Rangers have targeted that and when you look at who was marking um, you know, who was trying to pick up um, Aribo, then you understand why they've done that, so that's down to good management, that's down to Tom Culture, you know, working with the free kicks in the corners, as, as I've said, right from the start of the season, but these are vital moments and Tav once again has shown up and there, there's no dubiety about the red card boys, you know I don't care what anyone says. Nah, it's not a tug. Yeah, it's not a weak trip. You know, he, he he's violently taken him out of the game by rugby tapping him. Flicks. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's not even close. And that'll, that'll help the referee in terms of if he had just tripped him, you know, kind of, you know, being cute and taking away his heels and then jogged on and put his hands up. That far out of goal, it might have been different. But when he's taken him out in the style that he has with no intention... It's almost as bad um, as Duffy's tackle in terms of cynicism. Now, Duffy's tackle is a definite red card as well. That was an animal. 
you know, animal tackle, but he was delightful when he came on. I mean, you know, I've I've heard some people saying, you know, Celtic are trying to send him back to Brighton and stuff. Like that. I hope he don't because he's exceptional for us. He really is grim. They, you know, they won't people, take people, him back. No, but people talk about him going up front to be a threat. They never went up front to be a threat. He went up front because they wanted him out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Has, has that, that ever worked for them, by the way? Because I've, I, I don't watch Celtic every week. It might not be that, you know, yeah, Uber Staunch or that stuff. But I, just, I don't, OK? But I watch them when I think they're going to lose. Um, and so I've seen him a few, I've seen him of a few disasters yeah. this season. And, uh, yeah, well, I admit it, right? If it makes me, you know... I, I don't care who I am, right? I'm in my forties. I ain't changing now. Um, and has that ever worked when they've shoved him up when, when you it's, go you know, for the last ten? I don't know if he's ever worked something at all. The centre half going up front has only ever worked um, through the masterclass of Ali McCoyst against Albion Rovers, <laughs> when big Billy Mosney, you know, strolled up front and changed the game and, and was, kept us in that just, cup. I was going to say, Stevie, that he's named Billy Mosney, but he actually is. He's just a very expensive one. Um, there's a, there's a I, I, think that's, I think that's doing uh, Mosney a discredit, to be I, honest. I mean, like, he was... All, and, and Stevie's right, but see the sheer cynicism. The, the red card was... I, I thought it still more red, because Alfie was away. The rule isn't, does the player have a good record in old firm matches? The rule is, is it a goal-scoring opportunity? And it is. Now, do I think he would have scored? Probably not, right? Does it matter? No. He's clearing on goal. Ayer isn't getting across. Uh, he would have the opportunity to get the shot away. And as you say, the cynicism of the tackle, because he's it's a rugby tackle, he just hauls him down. Okay. I think it's a bit of panic because it's a non... I don't think... I think it's a centre-back centre tries yeah. and gets back uh, and, and tries to do, you know, I'll force him out or I'll put him under pressure. I think a midfielder playing at centre-back panics. And again, that's their recruitment coming back to bite them in the arse. The other thing um, that Stevie mentioned, the Duffy tackle, the Duffy tackle was a red card all day long. He d- he went out to do, the, he was pissed off, he was pissed off that the way yeah, that the, the game Kent. was gone and he went to do Ryan Kent. Um, there was no, there was intent, the intent was to hurt the opposition player. It was a shocker, it was a, a really terrible tackle. Yeah. And you can tell by the way he swings his left foot round that you're absolutely right there, David. Uh, it's just I, intent yeah. to injure. I think when we're just sort of wrapping up the, the Duffy conversation there, I think the referee done us a favour by keeping him on the park because he almost set <laughs> up Ryan Kent about three times <laughs> for the it rest was of the awful. game. I yeah. did think, and you're, you're too young for this, CJ, but Stevie, you'll remember this. See, when he made that pass, was your first thought that uh, Bo Anderson against Celtic all those years ago when Brian O'Neill did the same thing? Um, and just right, it was at that end as well. And I thought he's going to go in and put the second, and unfortunately he didn't. But no, he's a he's a terrible football player. I don't I don't know why they signed him. When they signed him, I couldn't understand the excitement. This is not us being, um, you know. I, I I didn't get it. I thought he was. I thought it was a, a decent, you know, EPL centre back. Don't get me wrong, but the what was it they called him? You know the 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 the, the Derry the idea that that that, that was what that, that they were signing was not true. And, and look, he's been a disaster. He's he's, he's also going to limit their transfer options in January because he, they still have to pay this 40 grand a week to the end of the year. So that is what it is. I just think that, you know, it was a cowardly tackle from a guy who knew he couldn't win on ability um, yep. and who, you know, just... 
got pissed off and, and took it out in an opposition player and he could have hurt Ryan Kent and, and I think that had it been one of our players who'd done that to one of theirs you look at what Jordan Jones got because it was the same thing you know yes, I am, exactly I am, same good point good point I, I am a fan and I'm pissed off and I'm going to go and, and just take it out on this guy Yep. And, you know, the Rangers fans condemned Jones for his stupidity. I haven't quite heard that from the Celtic, although they probably don't have much condemnation left for Shane Duffy, in all honesty. But, uh, no, I, I just, I, I thought that, it, it, you know, Madden did bottle that one, no matter what anyone says. He, he got the first one right, but he bottled the second one. And I think that Rangers, you know, should have been facing nine men, but it doesn't matter, but it could have mattered. What a title that would have been on YouTube. Honestly, I'd have loved it. Uh, but um, sorry, finish up. You look at Duffy's, going back to something you say there, Laurent David, about, about him being a set-piece threat and all that stuff. Something that I was really impressed with in the game, uh, in the game sorry, and again, I know it's very, very nerdy in that bit, the way we actually defend set-pieces, because this is an old firm game, right? I know they're doing to 10 men and everything like that. I know they are really just falling apart at this point and we were dominant, but they still had, was it free free kicks to get flung into the box? They still had that. They've still had bodies in there and it was always a nervous time today, these set-pieces, but we once again didn't allow them to go anywhere near their box. 15 yards outside their box in an old firm game. The defensive line, the discipline is absolutely sensational and I was actually saying uh, to the Bay you, sorry, before we started recording, I was watching a game yesterday, Man City and Chelsea and every free kick Man City had, Chelsea was allowing them inside their box and it's so weird to see that now and it just shows you the amount of effort and the work and just the discipline of your back line to keep everyone in line to be able to say, maybe we'll do 15 yards outside the box. If you're going to score a late set piece, it has to be a world day header for outside the box. And I just love that. And I, again, it's no very sexy and that to talk about, but David, for me, that is one of the main things that we've done this season. Defensive discipline, especially for set pieces. It's enormous. Look, everything we have talked about today has been based on that defence. Um, uh, and, and I love a team where you know they only need one because the chances are you're not going to to be able to get as yeah. the Rangers fan and as we grew up you know my era Stevie's era you grew up you had guys like um, Terry Butcher Richard Gough Chris Woods and Andy Gorham you know whereas you, even for you CJ you had you know Stefan Kloss and goals you had oh. the you know Davy Weir you had these guys and, and Rangers teams so. are <laughs> Amoroso, of course, you know, Craig Moore, that brilliant defence. Rangers teams are built on good back lines. They're yeah. built on being able to to just need in games that are tight, to just need one of your special players. I, I, I called this at, at the weekend quite Walterian and it was in a way for me. Not oh, that like not that the tactic was to sit back and do but but when you needed to, right? You when could. you needed to defend, you could. And you knew one of your special players, in this case Tav, would do something to get you to get you over the line. Um, Goldson marshals that defence superbly he, he's the talker he's the leader he's always on it the rest of them he's always on it you know shape remember position um, even Tav defensively Tav kind of defers to him yeah um, because you don't need two guys that'll just confuse everybody if you've got two guys that are barking out instructions who do you listen to mm. um, whereas at the defence it's Goldson who's, you go there you stand there watch him you know watch your line be aware um, and he's 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 superb for that, and he's he's just loving that responsibility. And as you say, again, we spoke earlier about bravery in an attacking sense, bravery in a defensive sense is to say it's the last minute. I am not allowing you all to camp on the edge of the six-yard box. 
yeah. because that's exactly what they want us to do because, you know, the ball might drop and then all of a sudden they get an opportunity. I, I, I've got the confidence in us that we'll all go and execute our game plan, which is to stand 10 yards further forward and not let them out. And that comes from Connor Goldson. Uh, and you, and I love the fact that Conor Goldson do getting his recognition because even in the last couple of minutes, I think it was the last free kick, like Kamara instantly just runs right after Goldson. He's like, right, where do you want me? And he just like he just ushers everyone, and he's in complete and utter control. But regarding the uh, what you said earlier on, we were kind of talking about Alan McGregor and about there was a question sort of posed, right? And obviously used to um, or we were older heads and everything like that to me, right? And we we're talking about goalkeepers. Um, and you're looking at Alan McGregor, who right now is just, again, backing up it there. And there's always this discussion of who's the best Rangers goalkeeper, right? And I think the regular sort of names come up. You've got Woods. You've got, well, Klaus for me, because obviously that's my generation. But you've got the goalie. And you've got Alan McGregor. And they kind of had a wee bit of laugh and a joke. And McCoy gave it, obviously, to Andy Gorham. And I think rightly so. I think even me being a younger generation, I'm not going to sit here and try and argue that. But the question I wanted to ask Bafey is, is is there anything that McGregor can do for you to ever become the number one in your mind? Because I'm I think both these are a Gorham guys. Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. An answer an answer to that question. Um, you know, I think Alan McGregor is phenomenal. Yeah. And to be even mentioned in the same breath as Andy Gorham, you know, shows how highly um, he rate. You know. He is, but that was that performance on Saturday was as close to a Gorham like performance as you're going to get. But and David will tell you this: um, Andy Gorham producing um, what Alan McGregor did wasn't a one-off. That was, Every you know, part, yeah. parcel of Andy Gorham. Yeah. If you look back on, you know, nights, very famous nights in the way to nine in a row, like the one-nil um, game when. Uh, Loudrop scored from Brian O'Neill's slip. Mm-hmm. That's all Andy Gorham that night. Um, when you look at the same um, versus Van, I can't pronounce his name. Pierre Van. Hank Whitlock, well, actually, Dunk. Sorry, Dunk. I, sorry, I can't pronounce that yet. Sorry. There, was, there was a game at New Year which we drew nil nil at Parkhead, um, oh, yeah, and yeah. it was phenomenal. He saved from O'Donnell onto the post, which was a fingertip save. He saved from Van Hoydonk and Tom that night. You know, these are games that instantly spring to mind. And then you look at, you know, performances from Gorham up at Pataudry where we won 1-0 when Haightley scored an unreal header um, from the edge of the corner of the box, David. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, right through Michael Watt. Yeah, yeah. Gorham was absolutely phenomenal that night. And, you know, even, you know, games where we'll we'll not even remember, like like Hearts Away at Tynecastle and and things, you know, a 2-0 victory there. Gorham produced games and saves like McGregor did on Saturday on a regular, consistent basis. And it's not to say that Alan McGregor didn't, but Gorham um, was was single-handedly, you know, the reason why Rangers won, you know, 15 points a year for, for five seasons. Yeah. So Alan McGregor is up there. Some of the things and saves that he's made for Rangers, like Bremen, um, like his, his save, you know, against Mastorovic at Ibrox, like his penalty saves, um, you know, his save against Hinkle in an in old firm game at Ibrox as well. Moments like these, just unbelievable save. And, and save-wise, he can legitimately hold up his hands and say, any save that I've did is, is produced as, as being as good as any 
in the history moments of, of our club, and he can say that, and he's he's got an incredible record and a phenomenal record, and just to be even close in discussing this, um, and I mentioned this to, to Mark Haley on Sunday as well, and he said as well that the, he thought that Gorham was still um, ahead of McGregor, but it's even to be as um, as as close in that discussion um, should be phenomenal um, for for Alan. He is we're lucky to have him, and again when we really needed it in the last few weeks. He had yeah. a save against Johnston, which was world-class. It goes under the radar. He has a save against Hibernian, which was world-class, which still pisses me off because Willie Collum got in the way, and it meant that, that, that he did, and yeah. it meant that the striker had to bend it round him in order to... Save it. Yeah. The only way he could go, but it was a tremendous save, unsighted. And then at the weekend, he's, he's produced three. You know, his save from Edward is absolutely top-class. It's even better. Griffiths, um, from a goalkeeper point of view, in terms of Griffiths, he's got long to see it. But, you know, Edward, he's close. He's only 10 yards away. It's down low, it's hard. And then he gets up and still denies the, the rebound, which yeah, is a world class save. Even, even then, he, he, if he's offside, he doesn't know that. A yeah. good reaction save to, to a Griffiths shot that's kind of went up high. Uh, but his, his save from the, the curling effort um, from Balligan's kind of loose header. Yeah. Um, which was his only only mistake, as David said before. I think he's absolutely class, Balogun. And again, you know, while they're going out, you know, spending forty grand on, on Duffy, we have um, reacted to a bad situation in Katic and picked that boy up for three, and he's strolling about like the new beginner. So we kind of complaints there. But Alan McGregor, David, um, you know, he's. I don't think it should be an argument of who's better. It should just be an appreciation of, of how lucky we are to have somebody as good as him. Absolutely. I sorry, David. I absolutely love the way you've kind of said that because I've always said in the channel and everything like my dad made sure I was brought up properly. I've seen a lot of Gorham. I even had the, the sort of the yellow sort of goalie top with like the, mm-hmm. the prickly shoulders and everything like that. It was the only goalie top I've ever owned and I wore it for a very long time. But I've always said even on this channel and everything, whenever I've looked at players and for the past and went doing glorious trips of memory lanes, I've always said if you're a goalkeeper and you're literally known as the goalie, that tells you everything you need to know about him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, That's just it. <laughs> I, I saw a Celtic fan last night, and he was complaining about Barkas, which is understandable, because, my God, that attempt to see him. I've never seen a goalie who, when he dies... Hold on, hold on, David, hold on. CJ, say it. Go on, say it. Oh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> what I've always said about Barkas is he's a plastic black, a plastic bag, sorry, with gloves on because there's just nothing yeah. there. Like, you know what I mean? He's just yeah. anything will hit him, and we we'll just go in. Uh, he dives up the way. Watch the goal. <laughs> he doesn't dive. He doesn't dive horizontally the way that traditional goalkeepers dive. He dives vertically, which is fine if it's a shot that you know heading in under the bar. But this one was quite clearly going across him, and he thought. I could leap to the side, but what I'll do is he, he looks like a he looks like the guy who's been put in for one and in, and then doesn't want to be in, so he lets one in and then goes right. I, I get back out, uh, and you know you're like yeah, bastard. You know it's so obvious what you did. Um, but he was talking about Bart, and he said, you know, we've been lucky with goalkeepers, and I was like, hello. And again, it's a Celtic thing of of you know. I decide that this is the case and therefore I'm going to ignore that. But he went, you know, we had Boric and he said, we even had Big Rab and I'm like, really? That's what you're going on? Wow. Um, and it's, je- it's, it's jealousy because Rangers have got this lineage which is, you know, it, it starts with Chris Woods, 
and it goes oh. Woods, Gorham, Kloss, McGregor, and it's it's almost unrivaled in world football. In all honesty, it's it's yeah. up there with you know some Manchester United can't claim this, right? No. Had, yeah, they had Van der Sar and Michael, but they had some shite hawks in there as well. That hasn't been the case with Rangers. He can't, no, he can't ever top Gorham for me because um, if you saw it. If you saw these four goalkeepers, you know, right? There, yeah. There's no, there's no debate. If you saw all four of these goalkeepers, if you're of the age that you were, I was very fortunate enough to see all four of them. It was Gordon. He was, he, I know, he was the the goalie. Um, but McGregor has. I I always had this this rating. I always went, uh, and I didn't think it would ever be changed for me. It was Gordon, Kloss, Woods, McGregor. And over the last few seasons, going right back to just after he came back, he had a game against Maribor away where he oh, just yeah. said, yeah. Maybe are you bastards scoring tonight? And it was just, it was just sheer single might the block. They even got a penalty when we were three one up in the last minute and it wouldn't have made a difference. He still wouldn't have let them score it. Mm-hmm. Um that it was one and for me in that period, he has gone up from fourth into second in that list. So he has he has moved. Um, uh, and for me now, when people ask me, I will I would say Gordon McGregor, Klaus uh, uh, Woods, but uh, I just you know Gordon was was exceptional. However, match winning goalkeepers they they do not grow in trees, and you know Alan McGregor did it again. And afterwards, actually, at the press conference, Liam Balligan was asked about you know Alan, and, and Griffiths to be fair was asked about him, and he said thought it was in the second era. He said, but that's what a world class goalkeeper will do with you. And it's interesting, we'll do it for you. Um, they win you matches. And I thought what was quite interesting in that was that nobody from the press seems to have picked up. Is that so much about Alan McGregor or is it about Barkas as well? Yeah. Maybe, you know, but they haven't gone that route. But um, Griffiths was quite open. He said, nah, I thought it was insane to hit it, but he's a world-class, that's a quote, he's a world-class goalkeeper and they win you games. But um, uh, Balligan said, yeah, you know, he's a character, he's always talking, and he said, but he goes, he wants to win this title more than anybody in that dressing room. And he oh, said, it's every oh. day with, with with Alan McGregor, he said, and it's, you know, Alan is the guy who's who's telling you how much we need this, how much he wants it, and he, and he drives you on and he inspires you because, you know, he doesn't allow you. And, and look, we all, I'm sure... You know, we've commented on this before. Some of his comments during the matches are hilarious. Um, my latest favourite, we'll, we'll talk about this more in, in the show we do in a couple of weeks when we do look back over December in a bit more detail. The show he, uh, the, the, at St Mirren, um, the, the, the league match, um, in the second half, Rangers were 2-0 up, and uh, he he was taking his time over a, a goal kick now, we all know the, the Hibs cramp, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> Got the right. in a football match. Right, A, a goalkeeper going down with cramp for two or three minutes. But against St. Mirren, it was just a tiny wee thing, right? He's He's got the ball, empty stadium, of course, and he's dawdling and he's taking his time, which incidentally seems to be fine when opposition goalkeepers do it to us for the first minute. But, mm. you know, when we do it... So he's taking his time, and the referee shouts at me, hurry up, and he walks to the edge of the box, leaves the ball... Where he's placed, it walks up and goes, "Sorry, what?" And, <laughs> uh, and the ref shouts him, and he's like, "I can't hear you." So the next time the ref runs down and kind of shouts, "Hurry up!" and he goes, "All right, all right, don't fucking shout at me because I can't hear you." <laughs> <laughs> I was pissing myself, and he then goes back, and of course, this whole process 
has taken well over a minute. And he's taken it out of the game. And Pete, anyone who thinks Alan McGregor's big daft boy, uh, no, not a second of it, man. It's master all done. Buckets. He is the master of it. It's all done for effect. And the fact that he does it in a way that even the ref laughed, right? He has just successfully wasted a minute to a minute and a half. He has done so in a way that the ref not only doesn't book him, but walks away laughing, going, oh, that Alan. Right. <laughs> the, the man is a fucking genius, and I love him. Yeah. And I, that's why I wanted to speak about him so much as we're just wrapping up this podcast here, because I just feel like McGregor deserves... Because if you go back to our themes eh, every month, we've sort of done a podcast, and I know this is kind of an old form special video, but I feel like if there was one player that was going to have a... Sort of a special moment or a special conversation. It had to be Alan McGregor because he deserves it again. He just reminds everyone why he is the best, and it makes me laugh when Diddy's fairly and everything. Like that, try and point out and say this guy. Oh, he's getting older now. He's slower. He's reflex. I don't see anything. I've not seen any slowdown or nothing gone wrong with him at all. He'll play for as long as he wants, and that makes if, me very if happy. If you can find, if you can find Rangers a twenty-three, twenty-four-year-old goalkeeper uh, who can do what he did on Saturday. Then please do. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't. I, I, don't I, I think you'd need to sell, you know, body parts to afford them because there isn't a there isn't a team in the world. Look, and and we only need to look across the city to see how badly wrong the goalkeeper market can go for you. Um, we, five we, million you know, great British pounds. Five million pounds to get a decent goalkeeper. Uh, I'm not being fair there, right? I'm doing what I accuse them of doing to get a good goalkeeper in Fraser Foster would have cost them 10 to 12 million pounds which they, they couldn't spend on them and that's that's okay you know I, I'm not having a go at them for not spending that that would have been an awful lot of money to spend on a goalkeeper yeah. to be able to get one who can do that for you for free and it, there was a thread last week on, on followfollow.com and you know it's just one opinion but there were a few people chiming in on it the guy said you know do we need to think about McGregor now? Is he going to cost his points or whatever? And and no. the reaction was overwhelmingly. Are you kidding? John McLaughlin is a really good goalkeeper. Right? He has he's a really really solid good. And I love the fact that he's at the club. What a backup! It's not a conversation. A good goalkeeper will do well for you. A great goalkeeper can do what he did on Saturday. Couldn't put it any any better than that mate but I think we've kind of covered everything in the game of football we've, we've broke down the kind of slowest start where Al McGregor was absolutely sensational we, we talked about the actual game where Rangers did grow in it and everything like that is getting kind of ignored we talked about second half we talked about Hadji's impact we talked about Tavernier's fantastic ball in behind uh, to Alfredo Morales where David I do think he would have scored that because of who was in goals I'd honestly, Morales just hits that on target. That's it, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, but that, look, I, it, it's a thing at the moment. I think it's, I, I do, I think it's in his head, right? And, and you know, I think that it's a testament actually to the to the mental strength of the guy that he, he can contribute in these matches because, um, as you know, he was involved in a moment that had a huge impact in the game. Um, but even so, uh, I love that you know we mentioned the the at least you tried cup next week. Can I congratulate Celtic fans on winning the at least Morelos didn't he score cup? Oh, um, oh it's so embarrassing. It's also quite interesting though, as a comparative thing. Do you know how many old fun goals Lee Griffiths has? Couldn't tell you. That's Two. Not no. again. Two. 
Stevie Fry. Two. Yep. two. Exactly. Now, okay, it's two more than Morelos. Yada, yada, yada. Absolutely. Think of the shite that he has come up against playing for... And the goals came against Pedro, a Pedro side. So that was what... Um, uh, the big the, the Portuguese fella. Uh, I've, I've actually forgotten his name. Got his name. You talking about Bruno Alves? No, the other one. Um, uh, Cardoso. Cardoso. That's it. Yeah. Cardoso. So got, and the other and, one right, was a, was against that alley lower division side in the in the League Cup semi when Simonson was in it. When Simonson was playing, so you know, all due respect. Don't give me this pish about Alfredo Morelos, okay? Um, you know, yeah, it, his record isn't the Edwards and it isn't the Bellies. I'll, I'll take that, right? I will. I'll, I'll take that criticism. But mm. let's not go on the the guy at the, you know, that somehow that it's it's an easy thing to do. He's contributed in enough victories, and at the end of the day, you know, you cling to that. Ah, well, he never scored against us. He's picked up three win bonuses in the last three old firm games. Exactly, mate, and he lives rent-free in every single one of the fans and the players, more importantly. And I think that's why, even as the game went on, they were starting to just try and get nip into Morelos, and that kind of frees other people up because they're so consumed (laughs) by Morelos. I think it's absolutely glorious watching. Before before we wrap up, I do want to have a wee word about this because I know I kind of touched on it earlier. I've got no doubts at all that that Lennon sent Scott Brown on to get somebody sent off. Oh, wow. Because... There, it, from a football region, it's an unjustifiable substitution. You're chasing a game. What the hell is he going to bring to you when you're chasing a game? Right? I mean, I, I, honestly, just just from a technical football point of view, Scott, I want you to go on and well, you're not the best passing in the world, and you don't you don't score a lot. And and to be honest, you know, could you just go and sit in front of sit in the back four? Um, no, it, it, you, they didn't need that. What they did was they brought him on to go. Could you off. try and get? One of their players sent off, which he then, you know, the, I, I hate, I hate plastic hard men in football. I think there's nothing worse, um, and I think that these guys who, let's call it what it is, cheat, uh, and then are somehow proud of it. By all means, do the dark arts, right? That's okay if that's what gets gets you over the line. I'm a great one for winning's the most important thing. I'm not, you know, ah well, did you? You know, the, did you play by the, the Corinthian rules or all that pish? I get it, but don't try to celebrate it and don't try to deny that it happens. He yeah. grabbed Alfredo Morelos' his hand and hit himself with it, then <laughs> pretended that he was in, in mortal mortal pain after it. it, it it's pathetic. And, and you know, Celtic fans have said before, I well, you know, Scott Brown lives in your head rent free. As like, yeah, but not not because of the player he is. That's yeah. that, that that's why we don't like him. What we hated about Scott Brown was the way that him and his prick pal Lustig were able to wander about against absolute shite and no marks wearing Rangers tops, right? And go on as if they were like the Lisbon Lions, and go on as if they were strutting about against you know Jim Baxter, Paul Gascoigne, and Brian Loudrop. Mm-hmm. And we knew. We fucking knew that as soon as Rangers had players, Stephen Davis is a hundred and fifty thousand billion million times the player. Never mind the man, but the player that Scott Brown ever will be. I thought he was embarrassing again at the weekend, and to be honest, he's been the perfect captain for that side's nine and well eight and three quarters in a row because it's been the most shooty in 
waste of time with the exception of two of those titles, which I'll grant them, you know, the two under Gerard when we were in transition. Yeah. The first time they've came up against a real Rangers side, he's been exposed. Couldn't he sum up any better than that, mate? Couldn't he? At all. I just thought that was embarrassing the way he was acting and carry on. But regarding the game of football, we won, we're all smiles, we're all happy, and now we've obviously got a couple of days off, which is very unusual for the Rangers yeah. team, because we've been playing it for every three days now for what seems to be, I don't know, the last six, seven weeks. So we're obviously going to look forward, but we'll break that down more and obviously the next podcast that comes in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll have a wee look at the Aberdeen game and everything like that. We'll reflect on that and we'll look forward. But just before we finish up, do you want to give yourself a wee plug? And I'll go to yourself, Stevie, first, because you've got kind of priors here. And I'm just, I'm just waiting for you... What did you say last time? Nah, just, if you want, there's something there. Uh, do you, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't well. No, that was two ago. He, he wasn't feeling very well, remember? Oh, and he was oh, like, ah, right. fuck. Read that or listen to that. I don't give a fuck one way or another. <laughs> you know? Leave me alone. Uh, just, if, you, if you want, you can. Yeah, uh, just do what you want. <laughs> Fucking let me go. You'd be as well sitting there, David. I can't even speak to you now. <laughs> It was it was the best it was the best plug ever. Ah fuck, I don't care. Right, I do a I do a blog, but you know you shouldn't read it, and I do a podcast. You shouldn't listen to it. It's all shit. I want my bet. It was brilliant, but uh, I'll I'll do a quick one while he gets himself together. Uh, Heartland, the Rangers podcast, it's uh, available where well, you're listening to it right now in a way, but uh, you will also be able to go to our subscription service over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Heartland, per month, up to five shows every single day, uh, and it prevents me from having to get a real job, so I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I like that. And Stevie, have you composed yourself? I've composed myself. That was some, some good, good banter. I like that. Um, and you're right. I, I was really, really rough that day, um, and I and I didn't really care. You know, I delighted that I hadn't shat myself during that <laughs> podcast. So, um, but um, four lads in a dream. Um, yeah, please go and check it out on on Twitter. <laughs> because you started by saying, oh, "I'm just glad I've shat myself." So, if you want to go ahead and check my range. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I would hope that David will edit this, but he won't. So, um, no, no, yeah. no, no, stay in. <laughs> um, please go and check out the blog and put out a good one um, yesterday, which has been well received, which I'm very much appreciated of. Um, it's titled The Pendulum Has Swung, and this is our time, so I'd like it, you know, yeah. please go check that out. Um, we're also on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, so if you're on any of them platforms, yeah, please go check it out. I'm podcasting as well with Mark Cately and Alex Ray on the 1010 podcast, which you can find um, on the internet, typing in www.1010podcast.com. 10 is spelled, you know, T-E-N, and then it's one zero. You get your first month free, um, and it'd be brilliant if you could come and join us and, and check that out. It's a nice wee additional thing to listen to alongside Heart and Hand and, and CJ and stuff. And I just want to say, boys, as well, um, I've been long-time fans of, of both Heart and Hand and both yourself, CJ. Uh, content recently has hit it, you know, bang on. The content the weekend was brilliant. There's nothing better than um, going on and, and, and listening to you guys. So, you know, we had tip to you. It's uh, brilliant to do this with you guys and um, it's brilliant to, to be 
you know, to be able to enjoy these moments because the hard slog and graft that you guys have, have put in the last ten years. You know, I only I've only come into this game doing four lads myself three years ago, so I only had a little bit of of uh, Marty and, and things like that. And albeit it was hard writing blogs saying you know keep our chin up and you know things are going to get better um, at times, but you guys have, have been the, the hard slog, so I really like it um, this year if, if we could do what we all crave and give you wee guys your, your wee moment that, that you deserve after um, putting in the hard um, hard work for, for all the fans out there. So, hat tip, boys. Well done. Oh, thank you, mate. I'm going to be thank streaking you, naked. That's what I was gonna, It's just going to be a live stream. That's what it'll be. Just a live stream of me streaking naked if it goes the way we want it to go. So, look forward to that. But, aye, before See, we you're up, handsome enough to pull that off. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'll just put a blog up saying well done. So, there's not going to be a Rangers Review live streaking episode then? Is that, is that not unless I lose a lot of weight soon. No, not unless I grow hair again. <laughs> well, that is, ladies and gentlemen. That's been David and that's been Stevie. And as always, I've been sieging over 92. So if you want to come and have a wee laugh, usually have some one-liners that Stevie usually uses in a, in a podcast in about one's time, that'd be greatly appreciated. Bye. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for watching. And bye-bye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.